0: Welcome to Worship. I'm Sheila, and I'll be your host for this online worship experience. Wherever you are worshiping from, we're so glad that you've joined us today. If this is your first time with us, we want to give you a special gift. If you'll check in with us online, we've got a Starbucks gift card that we'll send out to you in the coming week. This week is week number six of our series, The Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Jason has a great message planned for us today that will be meaningful to each one of us. If you're interested in getting more out of these worship experiences, we have sermon discussion questions and notes online at schweitzer.church slash next. We invite you to check that out. And now here's Stephanie to tell you more about what's going on here at Schweitzer.
1: Hi, welcome to Schweitzer. I'm Stephanie. Happy 4th of July weekend. We have so much great stuff going on here at Schweitzer in July. Here are some things coming up. This Thursday at 1130 is our next second season luncheon, and we'll be talking about all things health and wellness. We'll be having a healthy lunch and some sweet summer treats. Sign up online at schweitzer.church slash next or by stopping at the Blue Booth this morning. Guys, we have something exciting coming up on Saturday, July 9th. Here's Pat to tell you more.
0: Hey guys, this is Pat Zimmer. Say I'm excited to tell you about an upcoming Guy's Breakfast that we have on Saturday, July 9th from eight till nine in the morning. Yeah, we'll have great food and a good time for us all to talk and to get to know each other. And I'm also excited to let you know that John Ashcroft, former Missouri governor and attorney general of the United States will be our guest speaker. John will share some of his experience from the past, as well as describe what it's like to lead by faith in the highest levels of government. So bring your friends and your neighbors, your sons and your grandsons, your dads and your grandpas. I'm gonna be bringing my son, Sam, and I'll look forward to seeing you there.
1: Thank you so much, Pat. If you're planning to attend the breakfast and bringing a friend or family member, please let us know. We want to be sure and have enough food. You can sign up online at schweitzer.church next or by stopping by the Blue Booth today. Also, kids and families coming up in just 10 days, we have our next family experience or as we're calling it, Family XP from 6 to 8 p.m. This is an incredible opportunity for kids and families to worship, play, and learn together. We'll be focusing on hometown heroes and learning about how God rescues us. We'll even have Springfield police officers here serving ice cream from the cold patrol. Be sure and sign your family up for Family XP online at Kids one other great thing to look forward to on sunday august 21st at 5 p.m we're headed to the finley river for river baptisms and a church picnic if someone in your family is ready to take this next step in faith and be baptized let us know this is a great opportunity to take that next step of faith in a memorable setting surrounded by friends and family You can sign up online at schweitzer.church slash next or speak with one of our pastors. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's continue with worship.
0: Thank you, Stephanie, for those great announcements. If you're worshiping with us live today, we invite you to join in the chat. Say hi to your friends, give us your insights. If you're in need of prayer, we also offer that as well. And now, On this great day, let us continue in worship. to the special time in our service we want to thank God for the gift of prayer it is such a joy to be able to bring everything to God and leave it at his feet let's pray together God we thank you for this day we thank you for the many blessings you have given to us and we praise you for all the things you do God we are here today to tell you that we don't live our lives exactly the way that you would ask us to do We have conflict and we have anger and so many things that keep us from glorifying you in our daily walk. So we ask you, God, this day to give us peace in our hearts, give us kind words, give us actions that glorify you, that bring people together instead of tear them apart. Help us, God, as we encounter each day and each relationship to be instruments of your peace and your love. God, we know that you are there for us and we count on you to help us to be the people you want us to be. And now God, we pray together the prayer you taught us, saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, we know that we have so much to be thankful for. One thing that we'd like to highlight this week is the Schweitzer Community Garden we have a beautiful garden that is taken care of by a variety of gardeners with a variety of plants. As a church that is Christ-centered, we're also community-focused. This garden provides an opportunity for our Springfield friends to grow their own healthy produce in a sustainable environment. It's because of your support that ministries like this can happen. We appreciate all you do to help us help others. We invite you to give by going online at schweitzer.church slash give. And now, let's go into week six of the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Blessed are the meek, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Seek God's kingdom, care for widows, love your enemies. Turn the other cheek. Give, pray, fast. Ask and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened.
2: Matthew five thirty one to thirty two says You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife. Uh, by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Hello and welcome to worship, I'm Pastor Jason. And it's a joy to welcome you on Independence Day, weekend or week, however you're celebrating. We're glad that you're celebrating. We're glad that you're here with us worshiping together. We have been on a sermon series where we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gives from and is recorded for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. As we take a look at this sermon, one of the things that is really striking throughout the sermon, and one of the big driving points that Jesus has, his motivation, is to share with his listeners, with us, what the kingdom of heaven is like, because he wants to invite each and every one of his hearers to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom, he describes in a number of ways, especially near the end of, of the sermon, is being like a house, that is is a house that stands strong and it can do all kinds of things. It's a place of protection, of safety. It's a place where people can thrive and, and they can experience the fullness of life. Or another way that he describes it is a tree that bears good fruit. The kingdom of heaven is that kind of reality. When When God's life is shared with us and we begin to live into it, <clears throat> the life of God flows and touches all kinds of things. And so, We've heard Jesus' aspiration and he begins to unpack and he begins to show and sh- and share in many different places of life where the kingdom of heaven has something to say and where it wants to bring an impact. And so as we moved along last week, uh, Pastor Spencer talked about how lust is an inhibitor to the kingdom of heaven, the kind of life that Christ really wants to unfold in our lives. And today, as we continue to listen, we hear Jesus move from adultery into the area of divorce and one of the things that we hear just straight matter of fact is that Jesus is saying uh, there's a problem with divorce and Jesus by implication of saying that there's a problem with divorce he's saying in many ways that the king of heaven has a way that people are meant to live together in marriage where there's honor and respect and there's fruitfulness and divorce is something that takes takes us away from that. Well, reading that text just plainly and taking it maybe even not uh, taking it out of context from where we find it in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we, can, we can see within that text that there's a challenge or, or what some might call a wicked problem or others have called a Gordian knot. That's a rope that's tied in a knot and you can't untie it. Because for many of Jesus' listeners, for many of us as we hear this today, We know the impact of divorce. Um, Whether we've ever gone through it ourselves, many of us find ourselves in families where divorce is is known that experience has has touched us deeply. And it's it's hard to, in fact, find someone where divorce has not been pretty close to their own experience in life. And so we hear in these words a bit of judgment. In fact, somebody uh, mentioned that I was talking about this and they're like, it's almost like you can wear a scarlet letter. Like, I feel a little judged in what Jesus is saying here. Well, for sure, Jesus is affirming marriage. And he's affirming marriage as a, as a gift to us. At the same time, we know that almost everyone has been impacted by divorce. And that impact isn't, is no respecter of persons. In, in fact, one of the folks, who's a really guiding light to many Methodists, John Wesley, was somebody who was impacted with with divorce in such a way uh, that Wesley, while he's an example of a lot of other things about what it is to follow after Christ, Wesley is not really an example of somebody who excelled in, in the relationship of marriage and love. Wesley, when he was a young pastor, and he was a missionary to Georgia, made his way to Georgia, fell in love, but he decided at some point not to marry this person that he fell in love with, so she married somebody else. That led to an incredible fracas where Wesley ended up leaving Georgia under the secret of of night, trying to escape an arrest warrant because of some of the actions he had taken because this woman he fell in love with got married to someone else. Then he fell in love with another woman in England and his brother, did not think of her of, of the right social class. And so his brother arranged for her to end up marrying somebody else. Wesley was finding himself unlucky in love. And then he, when he finally did marry in his mid-40s, he essentially said to his wife, who was a widow, you've had one husband and you've learned to live a certain way and I've had a career and I've learned to live a certain way in that career and I intend to keep that career. Well, that didn't necessarily make his wife happy. In fact, she was rather irritated, deeply irritated by his unchanging ways. And so there's a, a moment in Wesley's story where his, his brother Charles comes in and, and Wesley is on the end of, of her abuse. In fact, Charles has to spring his brother free because he's taking a beating from his wife who is, is not happy. Finally, Wesley's out on the, on the preaching trail And he gets a notice about his wife that she has left. And this is where Wesley is just, he is not an exemplar at all of what it is to have a healthy marriage. He says in his journal, he writes, I did not leave my wife, I did not send her away, and I will not seek her. He was not a great example of what it means to be someone who excels in their married life. He's somebody who experiences what Jesus is talking about, the struggles of of divorce. Well, Jesus, speaking here about the kingdom of heaven, speaking about the trials of of divorce, we have to be reminded of it. We have to be reminded that he's really speaking about the kingdom of heaven fully. And marriage and divorce are things that play into that. And some people reading Jesus as speaking about the kingdom of heaven. say so Jesus in most of these places is speaking aspirationally. Like some of the things he says in, in lots of other arenas. These are aspirational endeavors and the kingdom of heaven is not here yet. But there are other people who remind us. They do well to remind us that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is close or is here although it may not be fully here. The problem then lies for many of us in that we read these words and we read them just flying right at our our eyes and as if they're, if they're a, a word of judgment. But Jesus doesn't mean to bring us a word of judgment that only stings, but he means to bring us words that bring hope and healing and help for where we're at. He means to bring us beyond what we sometimes see as the kingdom. And Jesus means to speak to the very presence and to the very center of our hearts. One of our challenges over the last couple millennia is that oftentimes we think of Jesus speaking of the kingdom of heaven as if it's a kingdom that is set up and is governed by people like you and, and like me. In fact, that's what's happened all all across history. People have heard Jesus's words and And some people will set up a a kingdom within the religious order and with religious rights. And other people will will seek to take that into the civic arena. And in both places, they, they encumber themselves, they become encumbered, much like the Pharisees or the Sadducees. And Jesus reminds us time and again that the kingdom of heaven, first and foremost, begins in our hearts and works its way out. So what is Jesus saying here? As he's speaking, first, remember he's speaking to people who are married, people who are divorced, and people who have never been married. And one of the things he's clearly saying, and people who've read him have read this time and again, he's saying that marriage matters. And that divorce leads to a place that is very difficult. In fact, a number of people... We'll say that Jesus is affirming what the prophet Malachi said. Malachi writes this. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you're his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For the Lord says, I hate divorce. This is what the Lord says, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart and do not be unfaithful to your wife. As Jesus begins to speak to our heart, one of the things he's saying directly to us is that marriage is important. And the Lord has felt that marriage is important ever since he gave it as a gift to Adam and Eve. And as we think about what he says through the prophet, because the prophet is speaking to a number of people, who've lived in a time when they understood that marriage was hard and yet they would make these contracts, sometimes written and many times not, of of divorce. The Lord is saying, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like what it's doing to my people. And in fact, I don't like what it's doing to you and and to me. Because within that text from Malachi, there is a parallel that, that the Lord is drawing out. Just as you're faithful to one another, as you're faithful to a spouse, so we recognize that there's a faithfulness that is meant to exist between us as, a, as people and the Lord himself. There is a covenant. God is a covenant making God throughout all the Old Testament. There are these places where God makes covenant with people. He says, I will be with you and I'll walk alongside of you and I want you to walk alongside of me. And within the framework of a covenant, within the framework of a, of a marriage... Those places are meant to be places where people experience the blessing and the creativity, where they're meant to grow together and to go and experience unfathomable things when they begin, but things that make for the rich and fullness of life. The kingdom of God is meant to be experienced, not just as something that's out there, but something that happens within the framework of of a marital life together. A life together that's framed within the idea of covenant that reflects the covenant that God makes with us and with his people. And then, so the reason why God says I hate divorce is because it destroys. It destroys the relationships. It destroys a sense of promise that God gives. It destroys dreams. Think about, think about all those dreams. Uh, I I think about it anyways this way. I've been able to, to lead a number of weddings. And I think about the dreams that led a bride and a groom to that place and how if there's ever a moment where they decide to part from that place, those dreams that they carried with them for so long, those dreams will just end up moving to the sidelines of life. For many folks, they're destroyed. But the Lord notes in in Malachi, a sense of mistreatment of others when, when divorce takes place. In fact, in the prophet's time, he said, I hate what divorce does because you tend to overwhelm your spouses, your wives in particular, with cruelty. And one of the things we know about divorce, it was unkind to women in Jesus' day and age and, and previously. And it's been unkind to women throughout all of human history. Most of the time, women are mistreated and guys seem to get a pass when divorce is the way of life. In fact, there was a rabbi who, whose words about divorce were a, a guiding word. In fact, they gave great liberty to the idea that you could divorce to guys. They said, this rabbi at one point said, if your wife makes a bad dish, you can divorce your wife. Now imagine that. Just for a, a bad dish. What about the guys making a bad dish? What do, what do women get out of that? Jesus is saying, the kingdom he's meant to bring, the kingdom of heaven that's coming is meant to be good and beautiful. It's meant to be a truthful life. It's meant to be a life that's shared together. So what do we do with these words that Jesus brings to us on divorce? Well, first and foremost, we could ignore it. We could say um, we're just going to bypass what he says here. Some people do that. Some people do that. We can be overwhelmed with what Jesus says. We can, we can say that in my own past, into my own history, divorce has come too close. And so I'm just overwhelmed with what Jesus says. Or we can see what Jesus says here as a word of grace and a word of life. N.T. Wright <clears throat> says if you're married, if you're married, Jesus says two very helpful things to us. Um, he says, because especially if you look just a bit outside of where we're at, if you look to where we talked about last week, uh, about lust and how that leads to adultery, and then also what we're going to look at next week around keeping our promises and keeping oaths, there's two ways, two things that Jesus really speaks to. One, he says if you're married and you want to live the fullness of what married life is supposed to be like, ruthlessly deal with lust. Don't let lust come into the framework of your mind and your heart. Attend to the wife of your youth. That's what Malachi says. NT Wright also says, be somebody who tells the truth. Uh, tell the truth in all kinds of ways to your to your spouse. Um, recently I was talking with someone who's going through the midst of a of a divorce, and they were feeling the weight of all of that. And we we're just talking about life and a lot of different things. And one of the things that I mentioned in the midst of that conversation was that. Every morning, Anna and I go for a walk. And our walk lasts for somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. We talk about all kinds of things in, in life. And he looked at me, this person I was having lunch with, and he said, that, that is incredible. He said, that's, that's unheard of. Who, who does that kind of thing? He said, have you talked about that? So that's why I'm, I'm sharing this with you. He said, that, that's something that people need to be challenged by. Because in the moment of talking about everything, we do talk about everything. Have you ever been in a place where people have something secret that they want to tell you? and So they tell you, but before they tell you that it's a secret, they say, now what I'm going to say to you is confidential. And I don't even want you to share it with your spouse. It's funny how those things happen, like in the spur of the moment. It's like, How do you get to be brought into a confidential conversation without thinking about all of the other relationships that you have and in particular, without thinking about the relationship you have with your spouse? Like if you're going to have a good and healthy marriage, you need to have someone in your world, we all do, whom you can share everything with. So N.T. Wright says, if you're married, um, deal with lust. And really, one way to deal with lust is, is to always be coming back and, and staying in love with your first love, with your, with your spouse. Secondly, tell the truth. Tell the truth in all kinds of ways that builds the relationship. If you're single and you hear Jesus' words, what are you supposed to do? I think one of the things Jesus would say to us if we're single is, honor the covenants that have been made. The covenants that you've made and the covenants that other people around you have made. Honor those covenants. Respect them. Uh, recently I heard about somebody <clears throat> who's doing an incredible work in our own, our own country, our land. And, and this person has decided that that the work that they've been called to is so taxing that they think they've really have been called to that and therefore they've been called to singleness. You know, if we don't ever... We don't talk much about that. It's not that we, we never do, but we don't talk much about the possibility that God would call people to singleness as, a, as an incredible way to live out being faithful to Him. But when God, if God were to call you to singleness, then honor the commitment that you've made. Honor the commitments that others have made. Jesus would bless us for those things. And if we find ourselves hearing Jesus like some people on that day did when they were sitting on the mountain and he's talking about divorce I'm sure it must raise a number of questions so many questions and the first and the biggest question is this if I'm divorced can I be connected to God well isn't the good news isn't the good news that Jesus is delivering this day that in fact anyone who feels themselves on the margins has a way of coming and connecting to the Father through him? Isn't the reality of what Jesus has said in the Beatitudes themselves that there is a way for us a welcoming table even if we've felt like we've we've walked in some places where we're not proud of we've done some things or said some things We wished we wouldn't. We've entered into some relationships where we've been hurt and the hurt is so crushing. Isn't the good news of the kingdom of of heaven is that Jesus says there is a place for all of us to come and find God's help, his healing, and His, his hope for our world and our lives? Listen to this again. God blesses those who are poor. And who realize their need of him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Friends, the Lord has always got a table that's open to you and to me. And he's willing, however our hearts are, when they become turned to him to bless us and draw us close. Let me encourage you whether you're single, married, divorced, remarried, however you find yourself, a kid anticipating marriage, however you find yourself, whatever station in life, to value marriage as a gift from God, as a way that His kingdom comes close to us, to honor it, to respect it. And if it doesn't go right, to care for those who've experienced the disappointment of divorce, Carry one another as brothers and sisters with great compassion. Jesus respects marriage and He loves us all. May you experience the goodness and the grace of God in your life as He invites you to walk with Him. In Christ's name, Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us in worship today. We especially want to thank those that made this service possible. Thanks to Stephanie for the great announcements. Thanks to the worship team and thanks to Pastor Jason for the great message. If you know someone that could benefit from this message, we invite you to share it on social media. We thank you for doing that. Once again, thanks for being here. We invite you back next week for week seven of the Sermon on the Mount. Have a great week.
3: i Look, t-